Before the Rings of Power, there were the Silmarils. Before Sauron, there was his master, Morgoth. Before Aragorn and Arwen, there was... Nobody expects the Torque Inquisition. Hey, welcome everybody to uh, this latest episode, I guess, of the Torque Inquisition. We don't really count these as episodes. These are fun detours outside of our normal podcast, Window on the West, where right now we're going through the Silmarillion. We're also through the Quentus Silmarillion there, so if you haven't listened to that, please go check that out in previous episodes. But here, what, what we like to do is meet with other fans of Tolkien, other fans of Tolkien that are doing things in media that aren't necessarily what, eh, you know, they're, they're interesting. And they're definitely more interesting than me or Michael and Dan, although Michael and Dan aren't here. So anybody is interested, more interesting than them at this point. Anyway, I digress. All right. So who I am here with is uh, the Middle Earth Mixer. Uh, should I use your first real name, Mr. Mixer? Mixers, yeah, Mr. Mixer is good. Mr. Mixer. All right, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna stick with Mixer, Mr. Mixer. So we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna meet him. He's, he's Mixer's got he's got a popular. I, I would say I mean growing right Twitter account. Like clearly it's blown up a lot in the last six months or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And I want to say thank you so much, Jonathan, for having me on. Uh, you guys are fantastic, very well respected within the community. So uh, I appreciate your time this evening. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, well, so. What we're going to do is we're going to meet you. Before we do that, uh, we will have an extended podcast today, which you can get to by going to thewondering.com slash patron. It's $4 a month. First month is free, so you can check it out and see if you like it. You can access to our Discord chats, and um, we've got a shop that we're building, which you can get a discount on, and uh, the extended podcast, which is about you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes longer. It depends on how interesting Mixer is here. To, uh, to... <laughs> hopefully <laughs> enough. If, if it's uh, if it's not the I got to go to the bathroom. I'm going to leave the uh, the bill on the table for you to to carry. Then, <laughs> yeah. All right. So thanks for joining us. Uh, and uh, go to thewarning.com/patron to uh, more on it. When we're going to do our confessions from the comfy chair. Confessions from the comfy chair, where uh, Mixer gets to ask, answer. The same ten questions everybody has, and we'll see how how, uh, how he handles those. He doesn't he doesn't know anything. Doesn't know any of them. One one of them is indeed uh, some thoughts on the Rings of Power, which will be interesting, and then some uh, some more personal questions that aren't too invasive, but uh, perhaps illuminating. But you can't hear them here. Thewondering.com. All right. So so here's here's what I want to know is um right you've got your Twitter account. Let's uh let's show this here. Uh, you've got so sorry if you're listening on this here. I'm I'm uh, I'm showing it here on YouTube and Rumble that uh, uh, he's got his uh, Twitter account uh, approaching fifteen thousand followers, which I think is blown up. So you got that, and then you've also got your your podcast, which uh, which you do episode. It seems like once every couple months right now, um, but deep dives into Tolkien. Uh, in addition to yeah, your Rings of Power uh reviews and uh and i've really enjoyed it particularly the last two uh i, I thought the debate of finrod now you made it really approachable because sometimes it's it's hard to follow exactly what they're doing in there um and uh you condense it down into a, a digestible recap of it um and i think you get more from it if you know what they're talking about when you start almost yeah yeah absolutely i uh i find that if I make a podcast like that, like the Anthro uh, the Anthrobeth, that's a, that's definitely, it's deep lore. Uh, so yeah. I find that if my wife can listen to it, and if she can, <laughs> that's a good. If she is able to digest what I'm saying, then that's mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. So well, so then tell me, like, how did you get started into Tolkien? What was your first experience? What did what what brought you into wanting to experience it more? Yeah, so uh, mine might be a little bit different from yours. Uh, I remember being, I think I was about nine years old, and uh, I was flipping through the channels at my parents' house, and The Fellowship of the Ring was on TV. And this, I think The Two Towers had maybe just come out, because I remember there being McDonald's Happy Meals toys of Lord of the Rings, but I had never, I had no concept for anything about it. I just remember like people having them at school, and I was like, what is this? I thought it was just something else like Harry Potter, which... Oh, um, how, I, which I was not how allowed dare to dare you. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was just another one of those esoteric, you know, magic universes that my mom wouldn't like. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but I was scrolling through the channels and it was on, it was on TV. I don't, I don't know what program, but I remember they had gotten to Rivendell and I was like, I'm in love with this. Like I, I, the, my little wow. nine-year-old mind, I was like, this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. And I remember feeling sad because I thought the movie was ending when they got to Rivendell. You know, it gets, <laughs> yeah, that's it awesome. gets, you know, you know, yeah. switched to disc two, you know, it no, starts to wind down a that's little bit. Right. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I saw the movie. My sister-in-law, when they when they when they got to Rivendell, she's like, "It's not over yet," and was disappointed. So you know, there's that. But yeah, you were you were happy, I'm sure, once you realized, wait, there's there's they're still moving. Yeah, they kept going, and once they got to Moria, you know, you're just even more in there, and then yeah, the Balrog yeah. shows up, and you're like, "Yo!" Um, so that started a very long journey of just me being in love with Lord of the Rings. You know, growing up, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars were like my favorite things. Um, and being a Christian, I, I could feel, I didn't even have to, I don't even think I really had to have anyone tell me that the themes were there. We know it's not allegory, of course, but (laughs) the themes are there. And I remember feeling that as a child. And I remember making, you know, all my family around whenever my grandparents or anybody was over, I'm like, we're all watching Lord of the Rings, you know, and I would make, I would make everybody sit down and watch it. And I, Another reason why I loved it so much was it was something that I came to, you know, by myself. Mm-hmm. And when you're a kid, that's I, f- I feel like that's really important. When somebody doesn't have to show you something, you just discover something on your own and you become super into it. Yeah. That's where it all started. And then as I, I grew up, I read all the books, I've consumed all the content, um, you know, and I, I, I love them. And I feel like as I've gotten older, I've grown just ever more in appreciation for it. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very excited to introduce the stories to my, my daughter, who's on the way. Oh, um, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And another reason why I love it so much at this stage of my life is because you start to really, you get married, you have a kid on the way, you start to really consider what you believe and why. And what I love about... Tolkien and the message of it all is if you're, you can enjoy it. If you're not a religious person, I'm a Christian, um, you know, Tolkien in on fairy stories, he talks about the metaphor of the smudged window and how, when you're looking through something, the, the beautiful truths of our lives can become mundane, not because it's the fault of the truth, but it's the fault of the person and our corrupted nature, you know, things that are beautiful, universal truth that that can become less, we can become less passionate about it as we're just going through the motions. But yeah. fantasy can be that tool that can unsmudge your window. Mm-hmm. And you look into the beauty of it all again, because it's, it's, there's, it's got those truths in the story that are reflected back to you. Yeah. Yeah. We did a whole, um, I think it was one of our extended podcasts where we talked about uh, C.S. Lewis's review of, of uh, I think it was Return of the King at the time. It was Two Towers. In any case, but he talks about like how, like like how th- there what a good fantasy does is it 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 it's reflection. I wish I could say it right because I'm never very good in in recalling the exact details of of all the articles. It's never been my strength. However, his whole idea is that fantasy is. Uh, it's not, it's not a mirror. It's not, um, it's, it's not a, it, it, you're not recreating stuff. You're making life more real by when you experience fantasy, right? It's like, uh, what he said, it's, oh man, shoot. I need to bring it up. Anyway, it's like dipping. I, do you remember that? Do you remember that? Yeah. So I know, I, I don't remember it verbatim either, but it's something where he really, I mean, he's C.S. Lewis is a beautiful communicator, uh, but it's something like in these tales, the truths that are reflected, like it's something like that. So I, I know what, yeah, I know what quote yeah, you're referring yeah. to. It's like it's like you know when you, when you when you take something that is boring and bland, and you dip it in something that is beautiful and amazing. It doesn't make it worse. It makes it more real. It makes it better. You're experiencing life even more fully. And something to that effect. Anyway, I'm probably butchering yeah. it, guys. So all of you guys who are listening and you're like, "No, nah, you're an idiot, John," and just move on. Sorry about that. It's in like an episode like like eight <clears throat> or nine ago. Anyway, all right. So 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 what you're also doing is you're disproving my point that I had 20 years ago when I was watching the fellowship of the ring and, and really disliking it the first time I saw it. Cause I was a, a pure purist and I really didn't want to see them change anything in it. Uh, which is, 
Peter Jackson's films actually brought people positively into the Lord of the Rings, uh, which is also what Dan, our co-host here on uh, Window on the West, that he also right, came into Tolkien from, from Peter Jackson's films. So you saw The Fellowship of the Ring first. Did you then read it and then uh, like read it and then watch the two towers like what was your i'm just curious what your process was in yeah uh... no i i didn't um when i was a kid i wasn't really a big reader um so i didn't read them till later um okay yeah i was more like just a video game nerd i wasn't yeah. uh i wish <laughs> my my parents had encouraged me to read more yeah, yeah. um but i didn't get into that until i started to get older because um, you get that appreciation for learning that yeah. comes later when you start taking your life seriously. But yeah, <laughs> I watched I watched the movies first, and I just remember being a, a big I, w- I was a big nerd for the movies. But funny, I, I didn't I actually saw them out of order because I saw Fellowship first, became immediately obsessed, and then Return of the King I guess was coming out that summer. So yeah. I begged my grandmother to take me to go see it. And I didn't even, I don't even think I knew I was nine. I don't even think I knew what order they came in. I just oh saw that another one was coming out. So you're like, where's, what, how did they get over to the, with the, yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah, this guy kinda, Theoden and Aemir and. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I had no idea what was going on in the beginning, but I loved it just as much. Cause when you're yeah. a kid and you see that, Peter Jackson's rendition of the Witch King flying around on on that thing that looks like a dragon, right? Um, right. You know, you go nuts. Yeah. And I remember my grandmother was like, had no idea what was going on. But <laughs> I can imagine she's like, "I'm here for you, dude. I, I'm I don't get it, but I'm glad you like it." Yeah, so, yeah. And then uh, you know, went out and bought the extended editions, and then read the books after that. But yeah, I, I definitely have to. I owe it to PJ's movies. Huh. I know people have a different experience, and I know the movies don't have everything we would like them to yeah. have in there. But I certainly can't say that they didn't make me love them because right. that's how I was introduced. Well, funny that, that you, you mentioned that. Like, so uh, last night um, I watched Fellowship of the Ring, the extended edition uh, with my four kids here. Love that. Uh, from, yeah, the oldest is, is approaching 13. The youngest is approaching seven. Uh, and so it's a, well, it's a three and a, three and a half hour long movie. I won't watch the theatrical editions anymore. You got to watch the extended editions. They're, they're far better. And in our house that, uh, it has one big wall so we can actually kind of create our own movie theater here at home with a projector and all that sort of stuff. And it, 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 we do popcorn and we kind of, cause you know, movies at theaters generally suck now. So we just watch old movies on a, as big a, a screen as we can here. Um, and my son who's read the Hobbit three times, he's tried to read Lord of the Rings twice. He's 12 and he cannot f- get through the council of elrond like he's just like oh, so bored that's now. funny because that's one, that's one of my favorite chapters really that's no, that's but, but that is the chapter most people die on like can't they a lot of people really? like like so much exposition here we're just talking about what happened and who went in and like there's it's some a history big, it's and, a big fat lore dump that's yeah, why it is exactly it so yes yeah precisely. it's great yeah and so but after this here he's like oh yeah, I, I can i gotta read the whole thing now i gotta watch all, all the i gotta read all the books now and watch the movies um and, uh, you know, and he had those moments where, you know, when Gandalf died and like, I could hear all the kids all go, <gasps> <laughs> yeah. and then Boromir died. I saw him like, oh, like kind of like, you know, uh, yeah. wipe his eyes covertly so that nobody would really notice. And I'm like, all right. So, yeah. Okay. So I, I'm, I have to amend my dislike of the Fellowship of the Ring. I still don't like nuclear Galadriel. I still don't like how Aragorn is the reluctant king rather than the, the destined king and all this sort yeah. of stuff that I, I never okay. understood I like obviously the the choice to have Galadriel shown as powerful is is good, but I don't I never understood the um the darkness in which it's displayed. Yeah, because uh, I remember I was actually showing uh, I was watching it with my father in law who is not a Lord of the Rings guy, mm-hmm. but he knows I'm super into it, so he'll watch it with me. Uh, and I remember him being like, "Isn't she supposed to be a good person?" And I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't really like, know why. Yeah, they we, we called her nuclear Galadriel back in the day. And, yeah, I uh, like that. It's fitting. And, yeah. And even my, my two daughters who are 9-11, they were like, is she bad? <laughs> I don't like it was. And it was like, I think she's good. But is she bad? They were they had no idea. And I still, yeah, I still don't like that. However, we'll get into it. But it's nothing what happened to Galadriel in the Rings of Power. So, hey. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, so, so I agree. So, so Tolkien. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you've devoured the stuff. You clearly know your lore, right? You've have you gone through all the histories of Middle Earth, which is a tall task for anybody. Which I'm still 
weaving my way through after reading the first few. Yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't gone through all the histories of Middle Earth. It's no. a, it's daunting. I mean, it's so many notes and so many yeah, things like that. It is a lot. Just curious, but uh, all right. So, so with that, then you did start. You started a podcast and you started the the Twitter account. Which which came first? So the Twitter account came first, and I actually, um, I used to have that just as my name, just my regular Twitter account. And I used to work in uh, PR and public affairs. So mm -hmm. I would use my Twitter account to try and communicate with people to help me with work and stuff like that. So I was pretty oh, okay. active on Twitter before. And then when I got a new job, I really just didn't, I didn't want my name connected with it anymore. So I right. switched. And at the same time, I was thinking about doing a podcast so I switched the title. I came up with a, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I was debating between two names cause I was thinking about doing a podcast and mm -hmm. one of the titles was all things Arda and then middle earth mixer. And those were my top two. I think you picked the better one. And I think I did too. Yeah. <laughs> because all, I thought I like all things Arda, but it's, it's a little bit more esoteric, you know, not everybody's going to get the reference. Yeah. Uh, middle earth is much more readily available. So I came up with the name and then I imprinted it onto the Twitter page. I made my Twitter just a placeholder for Middle Earth Mixer. And then I think it was a couple months later, I did my first episode, which was basically just a really janky review of the trailer that came out. Uh, do you remember for Rings of Power? Yeah, it was like my audio was terrible. Yeah. I'm still figuring it all out. Dude, it's I not think even... Everybody who started pod podcasts had terrible audio in the beginning. Like you yeah. only got to You got to jump in with both feet in order to get it right. It's not even up anymore. It's down because it's, oh. it's just so bad. But um, yeah, and I, I, I got a lot of positive feedback, you know, hmm. um, mm -hmm. people really seem to enjoy it. Uh, another thing that actually pushed, pushed me to do it was I was on a hike one time with one of my friends. And this was, I think it was early 2020. And I was talking about the uh the ring wraiths how they came into being where they came from who they were uh I was probably talking about kamul and where he was probably from mm -hmm. and my friend is another one of those people who loves the lore of things that's me like i like lore yeah, yeah. um and he said you know i would i would listen to you do a podcast on this and i thought <laughs> really and then I remember I was watching someone who I won't name. There's a lot of people who make great content and this is not a knock on that person. I just remember I was watching, I think it was like a 25 minute long video and it was about Tolkien lore. And I said, I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm willing, I, I'm a pretty normal guy, you know, by normal definition. I like football. I like barbecues. If I'm willing to burn 25 minutes of my life to watch this person do a very scholarly Tolkien video, I bet I could do a fun, loose, kind mm -hmm. of just mm -hmm. laid back podcast that my friends would be interested in doing, and I could make it funny and entertaining. Um, so that was another thing that kind of snowballed into it. And yeah, did my first episode and people really liked it. Another thing too with, uh, with my Twitter, when I was still using my name, I was doing a couple threads. And the first one is my pin tweet, actually. That's what kind of started mm -hmm. my idea that maybe I could do this and people would listen to me talk. I did that thread on the significance of Gandalf oh. fighting the Balrog. Hmm. Um, and it was retweeted by a bunch of political people. And I was like, you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe people listen to a podcast of me talking mm -hmm. about this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Cause that's uh that's my favorite. That's my favorite scene in all the legendarium. There's that nothing and, uh, like, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that. And uh Fingolfin versus Morgoth too. I'm oh, a big fan yeah, before of he's one. ground into the dirt. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and I will say, you know, th this is one of those scenes, you know, we were talking about Peter Jackson earlier that he definitely got right. I mean, the one oh, I saw oh, yeah. how he portrayed the Balrog, it's shadow and flame. Does it have wings? Does it not have wings? He was able to, create a demon of the deep without it being um so monstrously wrong <laughs> like yeah. it's not, remember the sonic hedgehog movie and everybody looked at him and went like nah it's not sonic people looked at this and went that's nah, a balrog yeah um yeah. and uh yeah and gandalf i'm actually i don't think it would have properly i don't think it could 
properly be portrayed on screen, but I'm definitely a big fan of the idea of a Balrog being much more man-like. Well, you know? and, I, and I think this is the one, the one complaint is that it's far too big to be a Balrog, in fact. According to, to you know, if, if uh, uh, is it, uh, fin, fin, is it Fingolfin? Oh, no, it's, um, I'm trying to remember. We just read it, right? Who, who fights the three Balrogs uh, at the near Nath? Is it the near Nath Arnordiad? Oh, it's, um, it's, I, yeah. I think it's anyway, Fingon. I think it's, it's Fingon. Oh, Fingon. Yeah. I think it's Fingon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes there, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, right. And, and if he's fighting these three guys, I mean, he's a little guy in the middle of the midst of them all, but they're actually more like, you know, like lieutenants, like they're actually more or less people. And then when Glorfindel fights one, right. It's not like he, he's fighting them on a cliffside essentially before they fall down. And, and yeah. It, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, wow. So, uh, and so, uh, well, let's, let's keep talking about your Twitter account. Cause you're not really only doing Lord of the Rings stuff. You're, <laughs> you're getting a little bit further afield than perhaps I'm I would I do just because Twitter's not my my everyday kind of jam. But you know you 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 throughout you know you said you uh, you're Christian and and you have I'm sure that influences your daily life in many ways. And one of them is what you post on Twitter. And so uh, I, I mean I will say I don't know. Let me see if I can find the, uh, the 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 tweet that you certainly recently has caught my attention more than any other, which is your um, posting your photo of or a photo of oh I, I'm not in the right thread here. So posting the photo of uh, of Faramir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it, guys. Just uh, I'm, I'm gonna uh, shoot the breeze here for a little bit until I find the photo. But uh, we'll get. Oh, there, here we go. Well, yeah, it's this photo right here at the bottom, <laughs> right, of uh, Faramir smoking a cigarette. But you do it whenever there's a a rather egregiously stupid article that's posted by mainstream media. Is what I like. No, is that is that what you'd say? Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say that. I, uh, sorry, go ahead. So here, for instance, right, this Reuters article, um, about the, uh, the, the horrible Nashville shooting, right? It's, it was done in a certainly mm, deceitful, deceitful. I like that. And then you post this picture of Gondor and, or of of Faramir smoking a cigarette and says, if this picture of the young captain of the captain of Gondor absolutely ripping a heater gets more likes than your article sucks. And so the article has 1,498 likes and your picture has 9,954 likes. Now, the article has 10.6 million views and 1,500 likes. Your tweet has 10,000 or has 141,000 views and 10,000 likes. That's a much higher ratio of positivity than the other one. So, anyway, so like what, getting some of this stuff that you're doing, like what, what decide, how did you decide to say, like, I'm not going to hold back on all this other? Uh... Yeah. So, I think, um, you know, just I'm a little bit of a political animal by nature. That was my, that was, I did politics and policy mm. in college. Um, that was the career that I wanted. And then I quickly realized that I, I just got very cynical because of some of the things that I experienced um, along the way, you know, working in the DC area for a political job. Um, yeah. So I got out of that. However, it doesn't just leave you, you know, the, the strong feelings don't just leave. So when I see stuff like that, and especially too, since I used to, I used to work in PR and public affairs. So I know the nature of spin, right. It's kind of, it's what I used to do for a living. Hmm. Um, so when I see things like that, I, I know who's sitting at the desks and I know what they're trying to do and I know what their intention hmm. is. So it, it makes me even more angry. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, you know, if something makes me feel a certain way enough, I'll drop a little <laughs> image of, Faramir smoking a smoking a heater, <laughs> or or apparently recently you were at Applebee's. <laughs> some reason three hours ago you posted a, a picture of a uh, of a Gondorian guard in armor and says there's an Applebee's location somewhere in the American Midwest that has three of these guys in the back guarding the coveted Applebee. If you know this, like, I just want to know. Like I would, I might think something similar, but I'll be like, I'm, I'm never posting that to Twitter. I don't know. I don't know where the posts come from. You know, they just kind of, they just kind of manifest in my mind. It's the Twitter gene. You have it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, um, but yeah, for, for those, the whole politics stuff, it's, it's not that, it's not that I'm trying to do a specific thing. It just, it'll come up because I'm active on Twitter and that was my, that was my career. You gotten any pushback on that from any folks? (sighs) My wife. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> well, that is a folk to be have pushback. 
<laughs> no, no. Sometimes she, sometimes she just will be like, maybe you, uh, maybe you should just Think not get longer. so much negative attention because, <laughs> um, you know, we feel the same way about stuff politically. But yeah, sure. uh, you also think about you're like, man, I don't, I don't want this to pop off too much because right, I, right. I want it to remain a specific thing. I enjoy the community that I'm in. I enjoy the friends that I'm making online, yeah. and I really just, I, I, I like talking about not just Tolkien, but literary themes in general and mm-hmm, fantasy mm-hmm. done right fantasy yeah. that can uh, help you, you know, in your yeah. life and help you see life more beautifully. That's, that's my mm-hmm. main goal. Um, and then the politics is just kind of a side yeah. thing that happens yeah. to come up when <laughs> I get, when I get boiled. <laughs> right. It's the, uh, it's the lining or I would say silver lining. I don't know. It's the, sp- it's the droplets that come up from the big splash of Tolkien. in your mind, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, so where do you, like, uh, I don't, I don't know if I have an answer to this, but where do you want to go with it? Right. Um, I'll just give you examples, you know, sort of like for me, I want to, so we have, we have our podcast, we do YouTube videos. Um, we we have our discord chats with our patrons, right? For me, it's just about like, we had 20 years ago before social media, we had a great community of some pretty dedicated people on our message boards where we would get in tens of thousands of people day to the site. And it was really a lot of fun. We had, um, moderators and things like that. Right? That was a totally different time. Um, and we're getting back into some of that. And so for me, it's, it is like that building that community too. And I really do enjoy hosting a podcast with Michael and Dan on a weekly basis. We get our conversations are fun and I learn a lot and I'm not like the lore guy, like you, I'm the language guy. And so I've always loved Tolkien for the language more than anything else. And that's what draws me to him. So, and I've never been very good at like my memory about like all the specifics of lore and all that. Cause when I'm reading it, that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm, I'm often looking at the language and how he says things like, um, I just love his line still from um, Council of Elrond or the chapter where Frodo is in um, the Hall of Fire and uh, Tolkien writes, it was like uh, the, 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 being in there was like um, golden, golden mist sighing on the margins of the world. And I was mm. like, oh, like there, yeah. it's like, you don't know what that means, but it conjures an image where you're like golden mist sighing on the margins of the world is a, is a literary construction that few people could come up with. And I did, for me, that's it. And so diving more into it with really knowledgeable people like you and like Michael and like, like Dan and, and other folks is for me, like it, it's a great benefit. So that's part of it. Where do you want to go with, with middle earth mixer? Yeah. I, uh, it's funny. Cause I, I didn't really know in the beginning, but now I'm starting to think of new things just because it, people are interested and I, yeah. I'm having a lot of fun doing it. You know, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to, and that can be reason it. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Reason enough. Um, so I ultimately like to get a little YouTube thing going on, get some mm-hmm. video going, uh, and just see where it goes. You know, I, I have my main job that I do. Um, I'm going to be a dad soon, so I'm not sure how much time I'm going to have, but I definitely like to expand, get some video going. Uh, and like I said, just, keep enjoying it until yeah. I guess maybe I, I get bored and, <laughs> and don't feel like doing it anymore. And have I just gotten bored with Tolkien enjoy. yet? Have you gotten bored of Tolkien? No, no, no see, I, don't see, think, I don't think everybody, you will. You're not yeah. the kind of guy who's not going to be like, oh, I don't, I'm I don't done think Tolkien I yet. ever will. Yeah. Because it's, I, again, I think it's the, the themes that keeps bringing you back. And I feel yeah. like there's so many times where I go back and, and relook at something and see something I didn't see before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's available to, everybody who wants to get into Tolkien. And you mentioned the language. That's another thing that's actually drawn me to Tolkien and C.S. Lewis as well. I was big history guy, still am, mm. love history. And it's that cross between history and myth that I feel like so few people really appreciate in the way that Tolkien and Lewis appreciated it. And it's, it's like when they say stuff about it and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it just speaks yeah. to me. And Tolkien was a big history guy, particularly where language and history come together and how that disseminates information and storytelling uh, across different people and culture groups, different archetypes. So I find that aspect of the study fascinating as well. There's, there's Mm. Lord of the Rings unlocks so many different areas of study that you can appreciate. Yeah. Um, I mean, people write new books all the time. We interviewed Austin Freeman, who wrote a book called Tolkien Dogmatics, who approaches Tolkien, you know, what was Tolkien's theology on things? And it's not like Tolkien ever discussed anything about theology directly. A couple of times in a couple of letters he did, but you can learn a lot from what he wrote. And so what he does is he's through this entire book and he, he talks about, you know, what would, what would Tolkien's views on, you know, angels and demons be? Well, we have all these different references where he made and he talked about things. And so, 
you get a whole lot of insight even from these new authors who come from, come at with a perspective that not not to inject themselves into Tolkien like we see a lot even in the Tolkien society these days and to come up with the my favorite word the amidonormative hetero blah 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 of whatever right and what is it uh, I, I I'll just get angry. Uh, so yeah, so you can you yeah, can I'm learn. Blocked. I'm, I, yeah, I don't see any of their content anymore. I'm blocked. blocked. <laughs> just because they didn't want to see your content, or were you well, I think when they had, um, I, I think when they when they did the convention, uh, I believe it was two. It might have. It was either twenty twenty man. Twenty uh, twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, when they had the convention where it was just it was a mess. You know, all of the different talks. It was. Yeah. Um, you know, you read them and it almost read like satire, but it wasn't. It was a real event that they conducted. Um, I, I kind of had a couple different exchanges with them and uh, their president, and I'm I'm blocked and I don't see anything <laughs> oh, anymore. Right. It's not not the end of the world. It's fine. We'll we'll get you back some. No, we won't. Um, yeah. All right. So, um, well, so so before we move into the our, our extended section where we're going to ask you our ten confessions from the comfy chair. I want to talk a little bit about the Rings of Power, things are going, because one of the things in your most recent podcast that struck me a little bit, which is a, a positive way of looking at the Rings of Power, you called out something you found really good with um, what they did with the Rings of Power, which is um, uh, the, the the hope of looking up, right? I can't remember the, the word. It was uh, uh, mm -hmm, yeah, in, in, in the Atherbeth, right? So... Um, but they, that's what, you know, the ships look up, rocks look down. I guess that, yeah, that's I, like I think, the silver lining to that phrase. Well, but. it's, it's funny because a lot of people listen to that and they were like, looking up, that's so corny. And I feel like a lot of people just don't know that that's actually a line that's taken directly from the Athrobeth. Okay, but and not ships looking up. No, no, not right. ships looking up. I think that was a little bit of a, they were trying to rope it in somehow which right, right it could have been better delivered however i did appreciate that somebody grabbed that very you know niche piece of lore and kind of related it back to the show yeah so 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 then when you say and i'm trying to find okay uh i don't know if you've ever seen this here i'm just gonna have to show this here this is my uh ai art version of rocks look down <laughs> and ships look up that I, when i was having some fun with ai art back in the day i like that uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh all right so uh, the question for me was is like um what is the balance between criticism and praise of something like the rings of power because for me like my perspective is like it's a let's burn it because i hate it so much because there's so many problems in the same way that i had probably a, a too much of a negative reaction to peter jackson's films and i can own that now but to this year like i, I feel like after i think through, I, yeah, so I think it's more appropriate it. i think this this your reaction to this one is more appropriate <laughs> So do we call that? So for me, I'm like, you know, I, I and I have this re relationship with some other folks who are fans of Rings of Power, or perhaps the more correct description is, is there a thing that is has Middle Earth in it, right? There, anything that is in, like, they'll, they'll glom on, they love it. It's just another representation and I can do it. Uh, or and I, and I can enjoy yeah, it, I which is to me completely foreign. Uh, yeah, but... I, I definitely. So here's my opinion on it. I think that the Rings of Power dropped the ball on on so many different things. However, if you take if you let go of the lore stuff and you let go of some of the story stuff, that doesn't make any sense. Um, I hate so much of what gets produced philosophically, and that's because mm. it's the nature yes, of who sure. I am politically. Um, I tend to analyze things from a very political perspective. And the only thing I really, I mean, there was that one. So just when they were in Numenor and the guy goes, the elves are going to take your jobs. You're like, no, uh, I, I just saw that. I was like, that's crazy. No. <laughs> um, however, besides that one portion, and I think that that was more, that was more a device to create some kind of urgency because they have no time. They can't develop yeah. the fact that the Numenorians are actually ang anxious about death. So yeah. they have to create other reasons why they might dislike the elves that don't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so I think that, I think the structure and the planning of the show was kind of wrong from the beginning. You know, you're yeah. cramming all of this stuff into different times. Um, the story, it, it's just not, they're making stuff up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he, I, I was watching it every week. I was like, well, you know, I mean, can it get any worse? I was like, oh, there's Mithril. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure can. Like, oh, so, so, uh, so Galadriel's words actually were speak, so spoken by Sauron originally in the, in the last episode. Yeah. Right that. Yeah. It's, like, it's, oh, a, so I think the whole thing is a result of the boundaries that they have put themselves in before they even went into the show. Hmm. And I think that's a shame. Uh, by, by boundaries, by boundaries, do you mean, uh, uh, copyright wise or copyright stuff, just all the things that they wanted to portray within the time periods that they wanted to portray them. I think the plan from the beginning was not well executed. Um, however, I will say that I don't want to, I don't want to fully be mean to the show because there were philosophical points where I'm watching it and I'm like, Oh, well, I appreciate that. You know, not everybody. Not everybody does stuff like that. I didn't even think that they were going to talk about Iluvatar at all, uh, but they did end up mentioning it a couple different times. Granted, yeah. it was by two evil characters, which I didn't like. <laughs> uh, I wish a good character um, yeah. had done that. Yeah. But it, there were moments, like when Galadriel had said, it was something, it was like an allusion to Iluvatar. She said, mm-hmm. you know, men call luck and destiny it's just words that they make up to describe things that they don't fully understand i really appreciated the little kernels in there that i got um but i think that the first season really dropped the ball on the story the story was right there Mm -hmm. it's already Mm -hmm. a good story you didn't have to change it at all and they did and i i didn't like it i didn't like the first season however i probably differ from a lot of people in your audience where i'm still gonna watch the second season and hope maybe it looks more like a second age story. Um, yeah, but probably yeah. not. Probably I, not. I don't, no. I don't have high hopes for it to be honest with you because it was crazy. I mean, I feel Galadriel... like, uh, I feel like I have to go into it still like expecting the worst and hoping for the best and hoping they'll, they'll improve on it. Yeah. But like, um, and we'll get into this in one of the questions that we ask you about like what, what can be done to change things in, in this, this, this cultural media that we have now, right? What, what can be done? Um, it's like, there's nobody there with any passion to it. There's nobody no. there that, that really knows Tolkien and like they've done some research and they know, you know, some of the, the bright points to hit occasionally, but they know, don't know how to hit them right. And so it's like, they're instead of shining a real light, it's like, they've got a light and they're, they're poking a pencil through paper and these little bits poke out and you're like, well, yeah, that's not yeah, the, the whole bits, light, right? The that's like, yeah. yeah, but and there's so, so much more, there's so much more behind it, but all you're seeing these little things and you're like, ah, you still, you don't get it because you're not, you're not seeing everything. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, I also watch it because, uh, there are plenty of people who are like, I like just watching you guys react to it because your pain is <laughs> schadenfreude. I, I actually enjoy <laughs> you know and I, it's, it's funny because i go back to it and like uh, my kids are like are, are you done watching this thing on thursday night because i was up till like three in the morning like watching it editing it and then posting it and i was like oh, i'm so tired I can't yeah i was tuning so, in i was tuning in for the midnight premieres too yeah and then so the negativity that i had i don't know if if I, like if that's part of part of it is maybe doing it in, late at night at every every you know every thursday night for eight weeks however long that was uh, i think too is is i wanted it to be a success. We so did. Bad. Everybody did. I believe I everybody did. I wanted to love it Absolutely. so bad. Well, the and... first image that came out of what we found out was Finrod in front of the two trees. I think everybody was like, that's that's pretty amazing. Yes. It really hit that image well. Yes. And so they set us up. But then yeah. when they started, I think when they started down the path of, remember the um, super fans and how oh. what was important when they were pushing it was uh, representation, Uber Alice. That and, was that video was crazy. Yeah, was I remember nuts. when that came out. I, I I watched it. I was like, "This is yeah. not in good hands." <laughs> and all they needed to do is go after real fans and say, "Look, we're we're really trying to be like." And I created this video recently of like, "Here's how uh, Warner Brothers, who's going to be making new films too, in some respect in the third age, I believe, uh, is uh, do what Tolk- what what Peter Jackson did, which is." put Tolkien into the works and don't put yourself into the works. Don't put today, what you believe are today's important messages into the work, put Tolkien's messages into the work, because those are the ones that are going to stand up over time. They stood up for now approaching a hundred years with the Hobbit and his earlier writings. I mean, fall of fall of Gondolin was his first one. It was written in, I think 1916 or 17. Um, and so we're over a hundred years on these stories that have stood the test of time. The Noldor were almost gnomes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Sometimes that's I'll right. be driving like in my car and I'll just think the Noldor were almost gnomes. And wasn't oh. Sauron like, 
like uh, we had uh, the Prince of Cats, Tavildo. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. All this yeah, it was crazy, but that's crazy, what but... the evolution of a story is. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I really wanted to like it because I saw it as an opportunity, as an avenue, really, to share my love yeah. of the lore, you know, yeah. with my loved ones, yeah. and to be able to, you know, watch it with my wife or my sisters For and sure. be like, that's. You know that oh look there's there's the helm of door loman in the background yeah, you right, know right. <laughs> and now you're like oh look I, how, how'd they get to moria in an afternoon walk from eregion yeah. the... <laughs> okay sorry yeah my wife I, think... I don't think she watched any of it she didn't really want to. my wife actually liked it which is part of the reason oh. why you know i i, I was excited because are I you loved... guys okay still like... <laughs> <laughs> i love sharing it with my wife you know because she's not she um she was a music major in college mm-hmm. so she had knowledge of the movies just because there was a portion of one of her classes that talked about howard shore's score which mm-hmm. is just incredible um so that's kind of what the knowledge she had of it but i've definitely pushed her into a, an appreciation a more deeper appreciation um certainly not that's good you know what i, I have or you wife. have but yeah, well i'm still i'm still trying to get her to read lord of the rings one day we'll see one day one day <laughs> it'll happen yeah. Um, all right. So, um, I think, I think, well, no, we have to talk a little bit about what's coming right with the uh, Warner brothers and where they're going. Yeah. I'm uh, actually really excited about it because I think this is another, this is another thing that offers me a little bit of hope for mm-hmm. maybe a season two or three of rings of power will look more like the second age. Yeah. Um, because now they're in a place where they have to compete now, mm. obviously it's wishful thinking because so much stuff that comes out now is just garbage. It's the yeah. environment that we live in. Um, but you're thinking, well, they have to compete for fans attention. They have to compete for influencers within the fandoms attention. Yeah. Maybe they'll do things that are more in line with, what we want to see. Yeah, I think there is a pullback from um, messaging over story, meaning that, you know, it, it, for I think the last five years, we saw that it was more important to put in the message that you want to put into whatever meat it is you're communicating rather than um, the importance of the story that you're trying to tell. Um, and I think we're seeing a little bit of that. Uh, the one I've brought up the last couple episodes is Picard season three. They actually decided to get rid of a message and just do it do a good story i don't know if you're oh, familiar nice. with star trek much at all yeah yeah well i, I haven't oh sorry i just slammed my hand on the desk um <laughs> sorry yeah i haven't seen i haven't seen picard but yeah, yeah. you can I, skip I seasons one and two they're absolute disasters and the second mm-hmm. one was entirely about um, yeah, le- illegal immigration wasn't, so yeah wasn't stacy abrams on the she show was on discovery <laughs> yes she was yeah that was uh that was great when you bring in a failed political candidate into your show to show your political leanings it really endears yourself to the entire country oh yeah oh yeah it's uh, great yeah. So, Perfect but, but the, so they, they, like there, they brought somebody with passion into run season three and season three is actually a good story. It's not the greatest, but it's actually a really well-told story. And they bring back the characters that you like, and they, they tell things that are meaningful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I, like you, I'm hoping they do that with, with whatever they end up coming up with uh, Warner brothers. And they've already, I'm sure they'll try and reach out to Peter Jackson because you know, it's the Midas touch. They want to try and at least have his blessing in some way, I'm guessing, and probably use Weta as much as they can. But what, what do you think they should do? Where do they go? Should they, because what they do is they have the same thing essentially except in films that the Rings of Power has, which is the appendices, right? Nobody has, nobody has the, the, the Silmarillion. Nobody has Baron and Luthien. They are not allowed to do Baron and Luthien. Yeah, That's in, it's the, like the so, precious. Yes. The, the, the precious. The precious. <laughs> they can't have Baron and Luthien and so, I don't think they ever will. Where would you like to see them go with it? You know, there have been rumors about like a young Aragorn or the Rangers of the North or I, uh, what yeah. happens after the ring. I would love to see a movie about the Angmar Wars. That's mm-hmm. that's my big one. Fall of Arnor. I would love to you know get some of the the Witch King coming in and, and crushing you know yeah. Rudar, Cardolan, all those places. That that'd be a fun watch. Weathertop would be in there back in the day, and yeah, you know, we yeah, could, like, why? Tie in that. Yeah, exactly. And they might not go that route because it's a little bit too. I I feel like it might be too foreign to too audiences unless yeah. unless people are like, yeah, we'll do a movie about the Witch King, you know? Um, They're too afraid not to, right? You, I, I'm so annoyed. This, there are no, no, no more new stories. Whether that came out, they're going to do a rebooted X Files now again. I'm like, oh, I'm so I don't. I'm I'm so done with 
the things that we've seen and what's the term member berries all the time like we're gonna we're gonna throw everything in there for, like we're gonna we're gonna bring back fox Mulder for this one episode in the first in the first season so that everybody comes in and watches it so that hopefully we can get more even though your story sucked right you're gonna yeah. try and draw us in with these old things that we cared about but we don't care about your new stuff anymore. that's the star wars problem i can't uh, even watch any of it anymore i hear that I'm done with it i hear that the new i hear people like the new man i actually you know i will say i really really liked andor and that's because it's its own story. 100%. They don't try, yeah. yeah they don't yeah. try to teach you anything. They just give you a yeah. great story, yeah. which yeah. I appreciated. But yeah. I mean, stuff like that is few and far between. Yeah. Everything follows a very specific formula, yeah. and people don't want to take any financial risks. And it's funny because it, these voices are so loud that criticize the stuff that comes out, mm-hmm. and they just fall against a brick wall. You know, they, they just continue. I feel like maybe the message has gotten in slightly, like you said, recently. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't think it's resonated enough. And I think that's You're because people right. people are just willing to consume whatever gets thrown at them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And or more, enough people, enough people. They're happy. Enough people. Although even, you know, Disney is cutting back on the, the, the TV shows and the Marvel TV shows and the Marvel films. They released, what, eight films last year or something crazy like that yeah. in the universe. And people are like, and we're kind of done with it, too. We don't really care when you just you know, flood, <clears throat> flood media with the same thing over and over again. Cause like you said, it's a formula and we start, even though people don't, people won't go, go there and say like, um, like, Oh, well this formulaically formulaically matches the previous film that I saw. They'll, they'll feel it more than they'll understand exactly. it. And, yeah. um, and that's where the malaise comes in and people just stop caring about it. Okay. Well, so let me ask you one final question before we jump into our extended podcast, which is if you could make one story from anything in Tolkien's Legendarium as a great film. I know what mine is, and, and Dan and Michael disagree with it, but um, I'm curious what, like, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here because that's a lot to pick from. And this is, this is not the, your final, you can change this in the future if you want to. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> what do you think that might be? Yeah, no pressure or anything. Um, no, there's so no. much. I think, I, I think visually, obviously, I'm going to go straight to the Silmarillion. Mm-hmm. My favorite depiction or, or my favorite thing that's happened in the books uh has already happened um uh, in a movie so i'm thinking maybe i'm gonna have to and go by, with, that, by that you mean the balrog and gandalf yes the, sorry the the, the exchange the, between uh, the balrog and yeah. gandalf that's my favorite thing and that's already been shown in a movie so i'm gonna jump to i think my second favorite thing which is fingolfin's fight with morgoth so maybe you could do maybe you could do a movie about the battles in the Silmarillion and then lead up with that and have that be the climax of the movie. Mm, um, mm-hmm. It would end on a sad note, but it's yeah. still, it's a hopeful note as well too. It's part of the reason why I like it because it's great courage against immense improbability. Um, I would also go with the destruction of the trees. Cause I mean, the, who wouldn't want to see, you know, Morgoth and Ungoliant come oh, plowing down that hill and yeah. <laughs> stab into the tree. Yeah. That'd be a great visual. That's the ongoing problem with the Silmarillion is there's so much of it is um, so difficult to put on screen because there's no hope at the end of the singular stories. So my favorite story, because I think it's one of the few stories in the Silmarillion uh, told as a whole, is the Children of Hurin. And I, it, you know what? Now I want to change my answer. <laughs> yeah, not allowed to. Uh, no, but Michael and Dan are like, why do you like it so much? I'm like, because there's so much in there that ties from different places in Middle Earth that we've already experienced through the, through the Silmarillion so far. So we've met, you know, Thingol and Melian and Beleg and Mablung uh, and Oradreth. And right, we got all, got all these characters and all these places that have been established. And we get now we get the story of this one person from his birth, essentially, to his death. And granted, his death is suicide, as is his sisters who he married, and like all this sort of stuff. But I think it's such a well-told story with so many good scenes in it that if they did this, I, I, I don't know. I think people would like would find this in, incredibly incredible. It's the most complete and competent standalone story. Yeah, that's a good way of putting all it. Of the, all of the different points of lore. I love yeah. the Children of Horn, and... I don't know why I didn't think of it. I feel like probably because the ending is so sad and also well, because it's not, doesn't have your favorite was, scene, right? And, that was yeah, the other thing. And, yeah. and it's, it's tough stuff to grapple with along, along the way, you know, sure. um, it's definitely, it's a controversial story too. Yeah. So, 
Uh, but I definitely, I think that that's a fantastic choice yeah. on your part. Yeah. Well, yeah. A very I mean, cultured uh, choice. I mean, how, <laughs> how many, I mean, uh, so many of these stories are so great in there and any of them would have been better that, uh, than the Rings of Power because you, you could have, you don't have to make every story about the destruction of the universe or the destruction of the elves because they don't have mithril, like they're not wearing their mithrils that they gave to Bilbo uh, there or that Bilbo gave to Frodo, but they're, they could have told smaller stories and done a really good job with it. And uh, they decided not to. And Absolutely. I think that's, and they didn't have to spend a billion dollars to do it. They could have spent one tenth that and still had an incredibly good story. And they would have, their commitment level would have been far less. Their returns might've been a little bit less, but they would have been starting to build out a world. People would have really enjoyed. Yeah. And uh, I think Baron and Luthien would obviously be yeah, the best yeah. one too, because it, yeah, it, it can end on a positive note. And it's also, it's, yeah. it's really just an adventure from start to finish. It is. Um, yeah. The leap of Baron, they, the, when they when they can do that right when he uh uh right the, the, i can't remember what they call it the famed leaf of baron and with elves the, the lore of men and elves when he when he took down uh angrod Am i can't remember see this is again the lore i don't remember all the different names in any case the two sons of feanor and uh, uh after they were chasing him and and uh, luthien is it who had Huan? Who was yeah, the he, master um, of Huan? No, I can't remember. So that's when uh, when Huan comes and and flips on Feanor's son and joins yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, protects them. Yeah, yeah. All right. So there you go, guys. Everybody, we we should do of the children of Huron and the fall of Fingolfin, and uh, we'd have two great stories. I would have. Who would you have play Torin? Oh man! Now you're putting me on the spot. You're not allowed to do that. Well, I have a very, I have a very big uh, Twitter joke that I've been engaging with on who I would have play uh, Torin. So uh, I'm curious to see. Uh, well, now, now, you, now you have to make me think of it as a joke of who would I have play. Torin. No, no, it doesn't have. It's, it's also half serious. Well, it, doesn't it? <laughs> do, it has to be in, in this uh, in this political Hollywood environment. It has to be somebody who's married their sister because you can only play what you are these days. That's true in Hollywood. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. Who do you have? I, I can't. Uh, so Ryan Gosling as the uh... <laughs> as the dancing Turin. Yeah, no, as the, the joke portrayal. Uh, that's I've I've like <laughs> I've been memeing that lately with a bunch of other oh people. Um, I think Henry Cavill would be an, a very serious uh, yeah. candidate to to also play Turin. Um, he might be better as Tor, but yeah, would love a would love a see Ryan Gosling in that movie. I don't, and then see, have I don't... we'll we'll have William Defoe do the voice of Glaurum. That's good. Right? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I don't. I don't think about Hollywood like I try. Hmm. Yeah. I'll come back to you on that one day. <laughs> yeah, you can know. tweet it at me when you yeah, figure yeah, somebody you out. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, let's jump into our extended podcast, everybody. That is, uh, you know, only a few um, Danus worthy of your $4 a month or your first month is free. Just go to the morning.com slash patron and sign up. Or actually you can click the join button down below. I never know. I think YouTube recently moved it down under here, but on YouTube it's $5 a month because YouTube demands more money. And I, you know, I don't want to give them more from me. So, or from you. So anyway, they, uh, yeah, $4 a month and the first month is free. You don't get that on YouTube. So go to the morning.com slash patron. And we're going to jump into our extended podcast. So we'll, uh, those of you who are joining us, will We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> 